Well, hello there, and welcome back to Comic Book History Lessons, where we talk about the history of some of your favorite hero stories and everything in between. Hi, um, welcome back. This is Ambrosia, and I hope you guys are doing well. Um, also, I'm sorry if the sound was off in episode four. My husband told me that it sounded echoey, so fingers crossed there is no echo this time. So, yes, here we go. Um, for me, this last week of school has been insane. But guys, I'm making it. We're almost there. Um, teaching during the pandemic has been no joke, and I hope I never have to do it again. Please, no more pandemics. Please, no one eat any bats or any, like, strange things. I really don't want to go through this, so don't do that. Um, also, if you, <laughs> if you so just happen to be a student who is in school. I doubt that you are, or I doubt that anyone would listen, but you survived, and I am super proud of you. You made it. If you are a parent, you survived, and I am proud of you, because I can't imagine, I don't have any kids, so I can't imagine what this whole thing has been like um, with kids. You are truly amazing. Um, teachers, <laughs> hell yeah, we did it. Almost, almost, we're almost there. Um, oh, what a week. But, all right, let's dive into some of the things that I've read this week. Um, in terms of Marvel comics, uh, I read Immortal Hulk, Time of the Monsters, issue number one. Um, I've been loving Immortal Hulk. Uh, it hasn't been getting the, I think it deserves, like, I, I don't understand why more people aren't talking about it. It has some of my favorite concepts, which is, like, horror and, like, gruesome imagery mixed in with superhero stuff and i have been loving it uh so check out immortal folk if you haven't um checked it out yet um and then heroes reborn i was really concerned when i saw that marvel had another like big event because we just got done with kingdom black and i was like here we go watch me go broke with all these tie-ins but actually i was really surprised how much i've enjoyed Heroes Reborn. Um, I know Heroes Reborn issue three came out. I haven't read issue three. I'm on issue two. But even like the tie-ins have been really good. I loved Shutterbug, which was the tie, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man tie-in. Um, that one was really good. So way to go, Marvel. Uh, DC. I, I just read Wonder Girl today and that was so good. Uh, it follows the story of Yara Flor. Um, and we saw her in Future State, Wonder Woman. I actually did not read Wonder Woman, Future State. Uh, but I heard good things about it. And this is, I know that's where we're, um, where we see Yara. Um, but I'm excited that she has her own storyline so far and that we get to see her origin story. So that's what Wonder Girl has been, um, about. And then in Independence, uh, this week I read Black Cotton by Scout from, sorry, published by Scout Comics, which, oh my gosh, it is so, like, if you've been hearing about it or if you haven't heard about it, you need to check this out. Um, it's about a, an alternate universe where roles are reversed. So white people are the minority. Um, and so the whole concept, I think it hits hard right now. I mean, we are at the, a year from George Floyd's um, death. Um, there's, you know, after the riots and protests last year, uh, it definitely hits. And I love that. Um, I love that we have comics out there that make us uncomfortable. Uh, it's about politics. I Sometimes it drives me crazy when I see people say, don't put 
politics in comics, <laughs> but that's kind of what comics have been about, um, has been politics. And so I think it's something that needs to be talked about. So way to go, Scout Comics. Uh, issue two came out, so make sure you give that a go. All right, let's dive into today's episode. So, my dudes, we are finally out of 1939, and now we are jumping into the 1940s. We might be here for a while, just a heads up. There is a lot of good stuff that happened during this time. But first, I want to dive in and talk about MLJ Comics. Yes, MLJ. J, not MJ, MLJ Comics. Everything that I want to talk about um, is like a domino effect. So in order to talk about one thing, it's good to know about another thing and another thing and blah, blah, blah. You get the point. So let's go. All right, so MLJ Comics was named after its three creators' first initials. We have Morris Coyne. Coyne, okay, you have to remember that I'm not the best with names. Um especially like white names or like German you'll 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 see me in this next one but if I mispronounce any of this I'm not trying to be rude so don't come at me I'm sorry okay so let's talk about the first three creators first initials so the first one is Morris Coyne M for you know first one the next one is Louis Silberkleet so that's our L and then next one is John Goldwater so those are the three men who uh, make up MLJ Comics. This is a side note. So um, Nancy Silberkleet is the current CEO of... Okay, this is going to be a spoiler. I'm sorry. MLJ Comics is now known as Archie Comics. So they are still around. They just have a different name. So Nancy Silberkleet is the current CEO. And she's actually the daughter-in-law of Louis uh, Silberkleet. Uh, and it's cool because she is a former educator and encourages comics in the classroom, which I love because if you know me, that's what I'm all about. I have comics in my classroom. I um, work with students with learning disabilities. A lot of them hate reading, but they love comics and it is reading. And so that makes my heart so happy. Um, but Nancy likes to stir the pot, sometimes for the good, sometimes for the not so good, but that's for a whole nother day. I just thought it would be cool to talk about because it's it's like in the family. And so, oh yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry, moving on. Um, So like many others during the superhero boom of the 19, like 39s, 1940s, MLJ Magazine Inc., but shortly, you know, MLJ Comics, uh, and then, like I said, later Archie Comics, but we'll get into that later. Um, but anywho, they jumped onto that comic bandwagon. One of their comics that came out was called Pep Comics, as in P-E-P, Pep. Pep Comics is an American comic book anthology. So there were multiple stories and characters. In Pep Comics issue number one, which came out in 1940, we are introduced to two characters well, we're introduced to more characters, but there are two that I want to talk about today. And one of them is The Shield. Not as cool as like Shazam, but it's still like The Shield. But I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say that the whole time. So, 
Okay. Um, the shield is a patriotic superhero. And what I wanted to highlight or why I wanted to highlight him is because the shield actually came out months before Captain America. So you're probably like, Oh, patriotic superhero. I wonder who we're talking about. Nope, we're not talking about Captain America because he actually came second. But the shield actually became or came first. Um, the shield has the first or was the first superhero, um, with the costume based upon the United States patriotism. Uh, you have heard of him. If, I mean, if you've heard of the shield, you probably have because MLJ slash, you know, Archie used him, uh, or used the name for four characters. And then DC Comics had an impact line, uh, which licensed the Archie properties and also used the name for several characters. Uh, and then in 2010, DC announced plans to integrate the shield and other MLJ characters into the DC universe. But in 2011, the rights to the characters were reverted to Archie Comics. Um, then a fourth shield was introduced in October of 2015. And then don't forget that Marvel also has their shield. But that's not like a superhero, but you know. Okay. Moving on. Uh, so the shield was created by Harry Shorten and, or sorry, that was the writer, Harry Shorten. And an artist is Ive Irv, remember I'm not good with these things, Irv Novik, uh, with the Americans reacting toward the beginning of World War II and wartime patriotism, um, stirring, the shield debuted as a first patriotically themed hero. He was soon followed by three other patriotic comic characters. So we had Captain America, which came out in March of 1941, um, Minute, Minuteman, which came out in February of 1941, and Captain Battle, which came out in May of 1941. Dang, so if anyone said war, these guys all like, or these writers and artists jumped on and they're like, USA, let's go. Um, but yeah, so they all came out around the same time. Obviously, now you know which one lasted, but still, I thought it was interesting to know that there were four. Can you imagine? Okay, can we have like a USA battle? With, like, these superheroes where all of these, like, patriotic superheroes fighting each other for their country-ish. I mean, they were not fighting. I don't know. I think it would just be really funny just to see. No, not maybe not funny. It's not good. Wait. It would be interesting or intriguing to see these four patriotic superheroes just, like, I'm more patriotic. No, I'm more patriotic. No, me. I don't know. This, these are the things that I stay up thinking about. Okay. Um, but even though the shield made his first appearance in Pep issue number one, we got his origin story, um, in Shield Wizard Comics issue number one that came out in the summer of 1940. Uh, so let's dive into his origins. He was really a chemist named Joe Higgins, and that was the son of Lieutenant Tom Higgins. Tom was working on a chemical formula for super strength, uh, which the Germans were also after. And they killed him. No! After Tom's death, Joe continues to work 
on it and while continuing his studies of chemistry. Job finally figures out the solution. Hallelujah. Uh, and with the solution, he also exposed himself to x-ray. He was given super strength, the ability to make great leaps and invulnerability. So I don't also, I don't know what made him like, I'm going to take the serum. Also, I'm going to go in front of x-rays. Hmm. <sighs> Okay. Joe uses the initials S-H-I-E-L-D, S.H.I.E.L.D., as his secret identity. He becomes an FBI agent because we are here to help America fight crime. The S.H.I.E.L.D. lasted for a while, but then was soon replaced by good old Archie Andrews. So Archie being like the redhead freckled kid, which is actually why Archie Comics renamed into Archie because... Archie Andrews just blew up. Um, he would end up taking the Shield's cover spot on Pep uh, and take his fan club and cause the end of the MLJ superhero. So Archie was such a hit that it just, MLJ was like, you know what? I think we're over these superheroes and let's just focus on Archie. I mean, they even renamed the company out of them. And I mean, now they have their Riverdale show. So, um, but I mean, I, I give them credit for uniqueness because everyone was focusing, well, not everyone, but a lot of companies were focusing on the superheroes while, um, MLJ saw an interest in Archie and they, they went with it. So kudos, my dude. Um, but yeah, so now let's switch gears with a quick dad joke or a teacher joke. I don't know. What do planets like to read? Did you just say comet books? Like comet books? <laughs> Get it? Comet? Com comet? Okay, no. I thought it was pretty good. But speaking of comets and comic books, let's dive into our next superhero who was actually the comet. So... The comet was created by Jack Cole. Jack Cole was an American cartoonist, but also known for creating the comedic superhero Plastic Man and his cartoons for uh, Playboy magazine. Just in case people are listening, like, you don't want them to know. Yes. Um, Alright, so the comet has also made his first appearance in Pep Comics issue number one, but he was in a different story from The Shield. So let's talk about the comet. Before there was the comet, there was a young scientist named John Dickering. 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 Yes, that's not Dickering. Dickering. Man, these names. Okay. He discovered a gas 50 times lighter than hydrogen. So when you make this discovery, there's only one obvious thing to do, and that is to inject it into your bloodstream. Uh, duh. Uh, however, I feel like there are like some underlying issues here, though. If you're like, hmm, new gas, yes. Needle, let's go. Plug it in. I don't know. Um, but who am I to judge, you know? All right, so after injecting himself with this gas, he was able to make great leaps through the air. So he could see that he can make all these great jumps. So again, what else is there to do? Obviously, 
let's inject some more. So after a number of uh, more injections, he got these twin beams that come out of his eyes. And when he crosses the beams, like whatever he looks at just disintegrates. Well, obviously that is a problem. So he made glass shields or like little visors because glass is the only thing these beams won't disintegrate. Which now he has a weakness often that's used against him from the first story onwards. Also, I loved his costume so much. It was like a red jumpsuit, almost like uh, Frozone from the, is that his name, Frozone? From the Incredibles, you know, the the guy who like could ice skate and make, okay, I think it's Frozone. Frozone, but um, it was actually super. Actually, it's super similar. I see you, Pixar. I see you. Um, just kidding. But it it was very like honestly, it was very similar. But it was red, like three quarters of the way up, starting from like the bottom, and then the rest of it was black, but with yellow stars and moons on it. Gave me like super witchy vibes, and I'm all for it. Even though John uh, was all about saving humanity, he really didn't mind violence and killing people. In issue one alone, he ends up uh, disintegrating three of the gangsters and then kills um, another one. In pep issue number two, there is more killing involved. And then in pep issue number three, the police know the comment, uh, who they actually know his identity, which is being John Dickering. But instead of like using, um, instead of fighting him or trying to stop him, they wanted him to join the force. So they kind of teamed up together. Um, in pep issue number 17 is where we saw something that we have never seen in comics before. And that was the death of a superhero. Um, and this moment forever changed comics. Over previous years, we were introduced to these superheroes who were almost invincible. And then you have one die. And that was a hard thing to, like, that was a hard, I think that was a hard pill to swallow because you look up to these characters and they're not supposed to die. And then they do. Uh, in issue number 17, we see the comet focusing on his hero duties. And, you know, he's shutting down the local gangs, um, which is led by big boy Malone. Um, I actually work with a teacher named Malone. Maybe I'll just start calling him like, yo, big boy Malone. <sighs> However, I do teach middle school, so I could see that going wrong. So, never mind. Scratch that idea. I'm not going to call him. Not going to call him that. All right. But anyways, these gangsters arrive at John Dickering, a.k.a. the Comet's house, to capture him. The gang ends up capturing Bob Dickering, who is John's brother. And they mistaken him. Mistaken? Mistaken? They got him confused for John. So, being the comment and having that gang take your brother, of course you're going to go save your brother. And you're not going to just, like, sit back and let this happen. So, he does. He goes and he saves. He tries to save his brother. However, the comment is not bulletproof. Even though he makes these great leaps and bounds, uh, he's, he's not bulletproof. And unfortunately, with this gang, they use bullets. 
Um, he's able to fly, but he isn't able to dodge these bullets. And he was hit, and unfortunately, he died. Um, I could be wrong here, but I think this could be that this could possibly be one of the most relatable events that people saw in comics at this time. We have superheroes juggling alter egos in um, two lives. They're balancing spinning plates all the time. But I think this was so impactful to see someone so powerful die. And it showed that all superheroes aren't always as invincible and powerful as we think um, or we thought. I mean, that's why, you know, we so many people look up to them because they do things that we can't. But then we also forget that there, that there is always going to be a weakness and that um, a lot of these superheroes are, like, at their core are humans and Unfortunately, uh, one of those things that could happen is death, um, which is something that I know a ton of people don't like to talk about. Um, also, sorry if I'm sniffling. I am not crying. I mean, I'm crying over the death of a comet. Just kidding. Um, but really, I'm not crying. My allergies have been through the roof. Ugh. Um, spring time is here and I can't breathe and my eyes are watering. It's a look. It's a look, guys. All right. But anyways, maybe it's good that I just sound super emotional for this because this is heavy. All right. So it is sad to see a superhero go. But in the same issue, we also get a uh, what it, a, a kind of superhero-ish. Uh, a, okay. Anyways, well, I'll let you decide. Uh, maybe he's an anti-hero. Um, I don't know. Uh, we, we get Hangman. Who is Hangman? Well, I'll tell you. Give me a second. Gosh, Jill. All right. So after having John die, Bob promises to avenge his brother's death. And he takes on the name of Hangman. And from this, I have so many questions. So many. First off, Bob takes some sort of chemical. But we aren't told what this chemical is. It's just like, hey, inject me. Let's go. Like, this is why... Okay, this is why drugs are a problem, okay? Maybe maybe people just saw these superheroes getting injected with stuff and they wanted to have the same powers. Did anyone think about that? Maybe? I don't know. See? See? All right, but... Yeah, so we don't know. We were never told what kind of chemicals Bob or where, where he even got these chemicals. He was just like, let's go. Um, or even what his powers are. So uh, in in the early 40s, when we first see Hangman, we learn about some of them later on. But as of right now, we don't quite know what his powers are. Again, these are weird times. So later in DC's Impact Imprint, we see Hangman, and he has no superpowers. However, he does use a bag of magical charms to fight crime, as well as using the eyes of a raven to see through. Um, in Archie Comics, there was the second Hangman, and he wore a costume similar to the original Hangman, um, complete with carrying around a Hangman's noose. Yes, yes, that is correct. And even, okay, so Google, like if you're listening to this, after this episode, Google uh, Hangman comics. And then you will see a figure that's like, kind of like, it kind of gives you Batman vibes. And behind him, you'll see a noose, which is just, 
so bizarre. And then he, this is like why you wonder, oh, this is why the Comic Code Authority thought that they should step in. Hmm. But, um, I mean, nowadays, I, I'm like, yes, the darker, the newsier, the better. But, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, um... Yeah, so look up those covers. They're, I find them intriguing. Um, so even the covers had, yeah, so the covers all had nooses. Not all, but a lot of, some of them had like nooses just behind him. Um, Hangman would fight alongside such heroes as the shield. So I bring back the shield. You know, they would, they would tag team. They would, they would, you know, we have the patriotic shield partnered up with the hangman, I'm gonna get you with my noose. Um, and yeah, they're fa- uh, fighting villains. Uh, <laughs> these names, oh, these names were hoot. They're fighting battles against, uh, Madame Satan, um, or, you know, Captain Swastika. Like, those are legit names. So, Madame Satan. <laughs> Hello, I'm no longer Comics and Cupcakes. You may call me Madame Satan. But I, that's so much better than Captain Swastika. But again, you know, we're talking about politics, and this is exactly how they bring in, you know, we're fighting World War II right now, and so they have things that are actually going on, and then they bring them into the comics, which is, I I think it's um, so great to see that in today's comics. So, uh, like, like you said, a home uh done by Image Comics, and then Black Cotton um, has done that recently, so check those out. So, despite the comet's death in 1941, Archie used the character again over 20 years later as part of their Mighty Comics superhero line in the 1960s, and their Red Circle comic superhero titles in the 1980s. He was revived, and he lives, um, with a new costume and extraterrestrial origins as a love interest. Uh, oh, sorry. He has a love interest for Fly Girl in Adventures of the Fly, issue number 30 in 1964. And then thereafter, he became a member of the Mighty Crusaders, uh, beginning in Fly Man, issue number 31. Uh, his origins was repeated and expanded into the Mighty Crusaders, issue number two in 1966 as well as in the later Red Circle comics published um, a miniseries, The Comet, and that was through October or October through December of 1983. Um, this was a this was huge because we saw the death of a superhero, but he was brought back. Uh, and this is something that I love about comics. A superhero could die, but don't worry, because they aren't truly gone. They will be back. This now happens so much that there is a term for it, which is called comic book death. I know, real original name, but I, I, they were too busy giving villains names like, uh, Madame Satan. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but a comic book death is generally not taken seriously by readers and it is rarely permanent or meaningful other than for the story. Uh, the term is usually not applied to characters who have the ability to return from the dead as an established power or ability. So like a Deadpool. 
He'll die, but he's not really dead. Um, writer Jeff Johns said, Death in a superhero comics is cyclical in its nature. And that's for a lot of reasons, whether they are story reasons, copyright reasons, or fan reasons. The phenomenon of comic book death is particularly common for superhero characters. Um, writer Danny, oh, I'm going to butcher his name, I'm so sorry, Finger Off. Okay, we'll go with that one. Suggests that the nature of superheroes requires that they be both ageless and immortal. I wish, I wish I could be known for that, but it's fine. Uh, a common expression regarding comic book death was once the only people who stay dead in comics are Bucky, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben, which was referring to the importance of those characters' deaths. Um, like in the title, Captain America, how, um, or sorry, Captain America's sidekick, uh, Batman's second Robin and Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. However, <laughs> that phrase can no longer be said because they have now risen um, from the the dead. Uh, <laughs> the long-held attendant was broken in 2005 when Jason Todd returned to life as the Red Hood and Buzz uh, <laughs> Buzzy. <laughs> Bucky was retconned, retconned, that's correct, right, uh, to have survived the accident that was supposed to kill him and brought back as the Winter Soldier, who had remained in the shadows for decades. And then Barnes apparently died again in 2011 after a short little break as Captain America, only to be revived by Nick Fury's Infinity, Infinity Formula, sorry. Um, we also, I don't know if this counts, but just remember how I was talking about Shutterbug at like things that I've been reading? We see Uncle Ben again. Um, but this is in an alternate universe, so I don't know if that counts. It's not in the 616 timeline, so I don't know. But, um, if you want, if you want to read about some more Uncle Ben stuff, um, then it's in the Heroes Reborn Shutterbug. So, you know, the term that the only deaths, um, that's, are the only people who stay dead in comics are Bucky, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben. Yeah, I don't think that counts anymore. I, I don't think we could say that. Because at this point, everyone just comes back. Which, you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't know about you, but movie deaths hit me so much harder than comic book deaths. Because you know that they're going to come back. Like, we're going to get a new writer, new artist, new storyline. We are going to get a new, you know, a, a revamp of it. However, in, like, the MCU and the DC world and just in films in general, um, I would, they just hit me so much harder because we're not always going to get that revamp. It's not going to be an easy, like, quick fix. You can't just redo the storyline like we see. Um, so when it comes to deaths of characters in the films um, or in the cinematic universe, that always just hurts me. And I feel like we're never going to see them again until like 20 years later. I don't know. I think that's why Captain America hit me so hard. <sighs> or sorry, not Captain America. Well, I don't know, kind of Captain America, but Iron Man. Iron Man. Because, <laughs> yes, I'm reading like... Iron Man has died like 15 times in the comics, but he's going to be back. It's going to be great. And in, in the movies, you just know you're not going to have another Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. And I think... <laughs> 
I think that almost hurts worse. Because death in our superhero comics uh, is often just temporary. You know, readers rarely take the death of the character seriously. When a character dies, readers, like, we... Uh, we feel very little sense of loss, uh, and we are simply left wondering how long it will be before they return to life. Uh, like, it's interesting. Uh, actually, I don't, I can't think of it right now. But there'll be times where there's two, like, there'll be amazing Spider-Man, and then, you know, when J.J. Abrams did a Spider-Man, and, like, it's just so many different timelines that anything is free-range, so... Um, I do want to shout out to Archie Comics for creating the first patriotic hero, as well as the concept of death of a superhero, which is incredibly bittersweet. But um, hats off to them for originality back then, uh, especially during these, you know, that the comic book boom when everyone wanted to be the next big thing. And, you know, they, they did something different back then. So let's end on our lovely quote. Um, and this is by Jody Pickolt, which is an author. Sure, sorry, she is an author. And it says, Superheroes were born in the minds of people desperate to be rescued. This is how I fell in love with superheroes. And I know that no matter what, they will always be there for me. Not even death could stop them. <laughs> that must be an evil laugh, I hope. I hope, I hope that came across evil. Um, all right, my dudes. You could find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ambrosia underscore Linda. Um, and you could also find me at TikTok at Comics underscore and underscore Cupcakes. So, Comics and Cupcakes. Um, I am also on a live show called Wednesday Warriors with my friend Joey Joey Galvez, um, where we talk about new weekly comics and nerdy news. Find us on YouTube Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard. And just a friendly reminder that you are loved, you are valued, and you are worthy. All right, my dudes, I'm heading out. Bye. I'll see you next time.